Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. What up, what up? We back. The realest podcast ever. It's your boy C. Diddy. I'm that makes me sick. We're here once again. I don't know what day of the week it is. I don't know the episode number. I don't know anything, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> got a lot of content out in the atmosphere, man. If y'all haven't, uh, you know, shout out to the whole YouTube crew, all of the new subscribers on YouTube, about 800 of y'all. Shout out to y'all, man. That Mike Knox uh, interview was making waves. That Dave Anderson episode is making waves. That Cat Williams uh, review was making waves. A lot of dislikes on that one. Shout out to y'all still. You know what I'm yeah. saying? For engaging. And then the uh, seventh annual TRP Awards episode is making waves also. We got some clips coming for that. Yeah. And then uh, the holiday hangover episode should be out by the time y'all are already hearing right. this. Shout out to all of the different performers that came through. Poets, comedians. We had our feature artists, Art Bully in the building, everything like that. So all of that content should already be out. If you're not subscribed on YouTube, subscribe right now. YouTube.com slash at sign TRPE or just go on the search box, search TRPE, everything pops up. Yo, uh, I'm going there. Cat Williams is the most viral motherfucker of, in of, urban of culture ever. history. <laughs> like, I don't know that an interview has, per- you know, Shannon Sharp is number one now on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. All the true crime, Joe Rogan, all yeah, of that. Number one, all genres. Nah. Crazy little nigga calling Kevin Hart a plant. <laughs> That's what's going to get you there. Yeah. And that right there goes against all the physics that we've understood about media and podcasting yeah. for all of our lives. Because people always think, and this is the, the, the problem, you know, especially like for us, for like a, a, like a, me, a small, medium-sized creator mm-hmm. or whatever like that, we have trouble sometimes getting guests because they be like, oh, it's not a big platform, whatever, whatever. Not understanding that. Biggest interview doesn't always come from the biggest platform Mm -mm. because prior to this, Shannon didn't even have 2 million subscribers. So in comparison to Valuetainment, Joe Rogan, all of these other Jones that are out there, it's like, yeah, they got big, huge platforms, TEDx, stuff like that. But it's like, you know, people will jump over certain content that doesn't resonate with them. Mm -hmm. But sometimes something gets so big, so viral, it doesn't, it could be on a a channel with four subscribers and it's going to go. It doesn't matter because that's, Virality. We we've seen the the grainiest videos go viral. We've seen the most ignorant ass niggas go viral. It's just yes. there's no right or wrong way, and that's the problem I have with a lot of things that are going on now with media, where it's like, oh, do this and you'll be successful, and it's like, no, it don't work like that. There's no guarantee that you're going to be able to create a following, an understanding, and your message, a uh, a uh, uh, a parallel of what people want to hear and what you do. There's just no guarantee in it. So to see that shoot him where Shannon was already on a trajectory, leaving FS1, leaving ESPN, and to see him get to the point where you've taken down Joe Rogan in the last week from that one interview is just like, that right there shows you how powerful this shit is. And now, you know, it's all about how he follows up. Like, what's next? What do you have that's coming behind this? Because you've milked the Cat Williams train for all it's worth. 
you reacted to your reaction to another reaction to a reaction. We talked about that on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Subscribe to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash official TRP. So you reacted to it by yourself. You reacted to it with Chad. You reacted to your reaction or your reaction with Chad. Yeah. You, didn't, you and you, Stephen A got a little, <laughs> little, got little reaction. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? You didn't inspire Stephen A to cuss Jason Whitlock out. Because I, 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 we'll go into that. <laughs> you did you did inspire that it's like you you've created so much from this one two hour and forty six minute um you know piece of content but now it's like all right cool the real work begins on the other side of this once you drop this hydrogen bomb you go mega viral and it's like all right cool what's the next ten look like from this because at this point you should be able to get anybody right right like you should be able to get Obama you know what I'm saying like you should well, literally be able to get. Because of the platform, and you've established, like, yo, at any given moment, this joint could, boom, could blow up. Because Steve Harvey did 10 million views. Mm -hmm. That ain't nothing to sneeze at. You know what I'm saying? So he's already been smacking good numbers. This time, it just was something out of this world. Yeah, when I saw it the other day at, like, 40, I'm just (laughs) like, all right, man. In a week? Like, come on. Yeah. Where you're doubling Birdman on a breakfast club. You're doubling Takashi on a breakfast club. You're doubling... uh, uh, Drake on um, Rap Radar and all these, like that. that 47 million yeah, 11 yeah, days ago. Yeah, yeah it's And crazy. then, you know, all of the clips and all of that stuff. He's he's easily probably at 100 million views. I was, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up at like, the hell is going on out there? Firefighters and shit. Oh, um, yeah, no, the podcast <laughs> is burning the booth. <laughs> no, the, um, it's going to end up with like 500 million impressions and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, easily. There's no way around it. The, um, it's funny though because people started bringing up like the viral and how that works and how that goes. Do you remember bum fights? Oh, absolutely. And for all you don't know, it was a guy who basically was going around getting bums to just do crazy shit for 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 money. And, or Schlitz malt liquor. And Doctor Phil, if you ever never seen it, he is a legendary segment. Did you see when the guy from Bum Fights was on the show? Mm-hmm. Doctor Phil invited him on the show, and he basically did a montage to like Doctor Phil says, "What you about to see is very very triggering. It's not for young kids to watch. If you're in the room with young kids, please send them away. Don't let them look at the TV. They should not see this. This is bad." So he Doctor Phil showed the the clip of like all. The bum fight shit together It cuts on And the guy from bum fights Is like Yeah see I look at bums As as income You know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh, What <laughs> So then it was Bums doing all this crazy shit He got a bum to eat A live frog And that's when Dr. Phil was like Cut cut the video Cut the video He's like I'm not doing this interview The boy from bum, bum fights Young boy Remember the young white boy yeah. He comes out on stage Dressed like Dr. Phil Like he got the wig on With the big bald head And the shit All that shit so Dr. Phil like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Get him the hell off my stage. He's like, you exploit people for money. We're not doing this. He was like, just like you do. That's why I'm dressed like this. Because if you can do it, I can do it. He's like, get his ass off. <laughs> and all the security came and took him off. And the people like, all in the comments, because that, that shit went viral from that. And people like, you don't want to bring light to this dude for exposing people for money, but you bring him on your show. Yeah. That's all you it does. You knew what he was before he got here. Like, if you wanted to ignore him, ignore him. See what I'm saying? You want to admonish him, send him a, a, a fucking and a, a letter kinda, or an that, email. And that's kind of what, what happened this last week with this cat shit. Because everybody felt the need to, to do or say something, yeah. it makes the casual who doesn't check for Shannon Sharp or for Cat Williams. Like, and that, that, that goes, that needs to be a, a, at least a, a addressed. When shit go viral, 
it don't even be because somebody's a fan of anybody involved. Yeah, it's just it's viral, and we want to know what the fuck. Going I just on. need to know what the fuck yeah, going on because niggas is talking to me about it, and I'm out the loop. So you know what I'm I gotta watch so I know what's going on. Because if you're over here in this world and you are a fan of Ellen, yeah, Steve Harvey, and TD Jakes, oh, all of them this week have mentioned Gat Williams. Mm. So you like Cat Williams got mentioned on Monday. Cat Williams, what, what did Cat Williams do? Oh, he was on a show with the uh, the guy from the Broncos. Oh, Shannon Sharp was on a show with John Elway. No, the, the guy, <laughs> the, the other guy from the Broncos. You like Terrell Davis got his no, the, the the big guy from the like, and that's how it be. Motherfuckers don't even be knowing who they watching or who they. Yeah, they don't into. even be knowing the players. Because if your average on your shows is one million to one point five million, and you end up with fifty million views. These ain't fans. Yeah, this not. This isn't your core. You you far exceeded no. your core. Audience. This is people who are basically wanting to watch a train wreck. Yeah, and that's where it viral. And, and, and that's what they did. Yeah, and that's where it comes into play. At. The um fucking I, uh cat and Willie D snuck around, messed around, and did five million. Yo, views. Yo, when I seen it the other day, I'm like William D. <laughs> William D. Like, five like, million views. Yeah, like William D. Coming from the Popeyes. <laughs> like William D. People in the comments cursing Willie D out. I tried to watch it. It was a tough watch, and I like Willie D a lot. I tried to watch. Yeah, it. it was a tough Willie watch. D. Willie D. I love the Ghetto Boys. So. Willie D. Is too elongated and like his. So a lot of his like his elevator pitch, his questioning and stuff, and people in the comments was not going for that shit. Shut the fuck up, let cat talk, you bitch ass nigga. Yeah, the, um, that was the problem with Ice Cube's response to the Cat Williams shit. It was like nine minutes long, and it was like after the first three and a half minutes, it's just like, <laughs> like all right, man. One thing I will say, and as much as people enjoyed, and I enjoy Cat Williams because I, I think Cat Williams is funny as shit. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The problem with it now, you really see it. Going forward, where now anybody is coming out, and now this plant shit is getting thrown around yeah. a bit too much. Jason Whitlock, for for all his nonsense, is like he's a habitual line stepper. What Charlie Murphy say? Habitually, yeah. he habitually step over the he's line. He's somebody that, if not for his level of acclaim and his writing history and all of that stuff, somebody would have trunked him a long time yeah, ago yeah. because he continually goes too far. Yeah. Past, way past sports, way past any type of constructive criticism into just flat out admonishing people at their core of them being a man or being a woman. Yeah. And that is problematic. This, this week he went as far as to say that Stephen A. Smith is a plant. And the first thing I thought when I said it, when I first thing I thought when I saw it was, is this only a Philadelphia thing where we, where we, cause we in Philadelphia at times are very, very closed off to the rest of the world. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, is the rest of the world closed off to us? Because we all like, literally there are, there are probably 20 different people who've become successful from just different, you know, genres of whatever the fuck yeah, they absolutely. do, where you could tell me, Oh, so-and-so is a plant. And I would be like, mm, might have some validity to it. But Stephen A. Smith is like, again, in Philadelphia, I remember him covering Allen Iverson during the, the, the 
the answer years. Yeah, Philly and Guar. Like, I remember that. I remember all the shit with him and Howard Eskin. I remember when Stephen A. first went and did cold pizza. Yeah, a lot of motherfuckers don't even remember when it was Hello. cold pizza. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, is that just a <clears throat> Philadelphia thing where it's like, we don't notice you because you're in between New York and the D.C. shit? And we just don't know or like it, it makes me wonder. Well, it's interesting because I actually just had this conversation last night. Okay. Shout out my man Plane because he was he ran into some guy or whatever and they were talking and he was like it was something around like the Philly food community or whatever. He's like big into the food community okay. and stuff. And he was saying how him and the guy were talking and he was talking about like, you know, the Philly food scene and blah, 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 how robust it is and everything like that. And he was like, yo, um, the guy was like, yo, the Philly food scene didn't exist prior to like 22, 23 years ago before Steven Starr. And he was like, I had to sit there and think about it. He was like, the guy's running down all of this different stuff. And I'm like, shit, now that you mention it, he might be right. I mm -hmm. said, because the first level of like any type of like elevated dining that I went to were both star restaurants, Jones's and Continental. I said, prior to that, we was going to Olive Garden, Houlihan's, Friday's, stuff like that. I said, now we had... Prime Rib, LeBeck Finn, Lebec Barclay Finn, Prime, stuff that. like that. We had certain, you know, stall, stalwart like restaurants that were like established and that were here. But I'm like, as far as it being like a food scene where you have star restaurants, Scholson Collective, um, there's another hospitality group that's opening up a bunch of stuff now and stuff like that. They just opened up a, a like an Asian fusion restaurant and stuff like that. And then now you got Sin and stuff like that. I'm like, as far as Philly being a food destination, I think he's, I'm like, he might be right. Like, that's not really like. Yeah, I mean, for like, what it's you, worth. You Phil can trace it. Philadelphia is a, like, <clears throat> Philly is a blue collar town. Yes. No matter how much we want to not say. No matter how much we dress it up, put lipstick no. on it and mascara, it, it is what it is. We got a port and 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 we got a major highway. We, we are a blue collar town. We yeah. got Amtrak. We got, it's a blue collar town. It just is what it is. So you look at a town like Philadelphia, it's like an elevated town. Pittsburgh, in a way. Yeah. Not totally, but a lot of the things that we're, like, known for over the world is a lot of blue-collar shit. We're known for pretzels, cheese sticks, yeah. uh, water ice. It's like pig-out and, and handheld shit. Right. We're not known for our, like, southern smoked brisket down in the south. Yeah. And we're not known for, you know, how New York had, like, the pizza wave back in the day, like the New York flat slices and yeah. shit. We, it's just a lot of things that we have here that don't really exist other places. Like exactly. cheesesteaks, when you go somewhere, it's like, oh, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia cheesesteak. Cheese yeah, that's authentically Philadelphia. That's our shit. And then they make it like terrible. Yeah, it's the worst shit you ever yeah. make. We got the ciabatta bread. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you're doing it all wrong. Yeah, so we here. start with a sourdough loaf. It's just like, nah, this But he that. was basically saying, he was like, you know, and him having that conversation and kind of going down this rabbit hole of this guy, giving him all of these reference points and stuff like this, he was like, it made me think of y'all. Because he was like, yo, y'all have basically ignited the world by telling Philadelphia stories. He was like, think about even like y'all biggest interviews now, Mike Knox, Dr. Umar. It's like, those are still Philadelphia mm -hmm. stories that are being like, you know, told to the world. And in him t telling me that, I'm like, yeah, no, I've, I, as soon as you said it, like it, it registered with me. But I'm like, even past that, it makes me, it to, a, to take it another level, Philadelphians low-key make the world go around. Mm -hmm. Some of the biggest people in arts and entertainment all around the world are from Philadelphia. Right. Now, some recognize it more than others. But right. you look at Kevin Hart. You look at Troy Carter, who started off managing Eve, um, was a mogul at Interscope Records. Now he's in the tech industry and stuff like that. You look at what Gillian Wallow are doing as far as like multimedia and entertainment. 
Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. They just had a podcast. Uh, Wallow just had his podcast um, yesterday, whatever the case may be. It's like, yo, when you really dig into, uh, you know, all this different stuff, the Roost Picnic is something that 60,000 people attend every year. I'm like, no, nah, Philadelphians make the world go round. Some people just aren't as pronounced as like Philadelphians as others are. So we don't necessarily even get credit for some of the incredible shit that people are doing in these creative communities in LA and New York and stuff like that, because that person isn't leading with, Oh, you know, I'm from Philly. Yeah, I agree. I, I see what you're saying. I think Kevin Hart, it can't get much more Philly than that. He's super Philly. And even Stephen A. Smith, where it's like his whole initial boom of who he is, is tied directly to Philadelphia. Directly to Philadelphia. So I, I just, to see somebody be like, yeah, he's a plant where it's like, bruh, you, me, and Ra. Shout out to Ra. Ra's in L.A. right now for the uh, ringer and shit with Spotify or whatever. But you, me, and Ra routinely, I'm talking about almost monthly, make jokes in the group chat about how hard Stephen A. Smith is working. Yes. We've seen him wearing his outfit at 10 o'clock at night and then showing up on a telecast after a UFC fight in another city at 2 in the morning. <laughs> with the same, where he like falling asleep on the mic. Yes. Stephen A. Smith worked hard than a motherfucker. Yeah, they signed guy. Stephen A. to that contract, and they didn't try to drain the pulp out of that goddamn contract. <laughs> we need you at the Bass Pro Fishing event today, Steve. <laughs> we got one more assignment for you, player. One more fish. That's <laughs> like, they got Stephen A. working, working. And he's been doing it now for 25 years. Yeah, we, we how's your throwing arm? You let Trent, Trent Dilfer go. We got to get you out there and get some reps yeah. on the fucking uh, Sunday countdown Straight set. Straight up. Stephen A. Smith is on... He's on this show. He's on that show. He's doing this online. He started his own podcast. He, and, the, and the dope part I like about Stephen A. Smith is he acknowledges the other people. Yeah. He even shouted out Skip the other day. Because mm -hmm. he just like, dog. Like, Skip, Dan Lebatar, all of them. Who the fuck would I be without my Skip run? That shit elevated me to the next level. Mm -hmm. And he said it on there. He's like, dog, I saw what Pat McAfee did. I need some of that. Yeah, I'm building my own platform now. Like, he said that. Like, he didn't look, oh, what the fuck, y'all fucking with this new white boy? Nah, I see what Pat doing. That shit like, damn, brother, get it. I, I, hopefully, I can figure out how wait. Yeah. Like, Stephen A. Smith is all of that. So, it's like, is he annoying? Yes. Is it is it comical? Yes. But it's like, the plant shit is like, is this what we going to do for the next five it months? Is. <laughs> yes, it is. At least until July 1. When the fiscal year crawls, we will stop calling people plants. Now I got a CM Punk to my Stone Cold was a plant. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I got to deal with this shit now. It's like. How, let, how's a guy yo. go from balding, yo. stunning Steve Austin to the biggest thing in wrestling? Plant. 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 Nonsense, man. 
So it's like I, I Jason, what's his name? Whitlock. I was about to say Jason Weaver. Jason Whitlock is annoying. He's always been that. But we we I don't want to go further down this rabbit hole just as a culture. Yeah. We're just picking people out to be like, oh, your success wasn't earned. It's, 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 it's annoying. It's, it's disingenuous at best and it's dishonest at worst. Like because essentially you're lying on people and you're basically saying that. They didn't do the work that they did. Stephen A. didn't fucking didn't go to college, get a journalism degree, didn't uh you know work in these uh you know work in these writers' rooms and all of that stuff. Become a lead columnist, become a contributor at ESPN, get picked up for ESPN, get fired from ESPN, have to go out here, do the rigmarole of the best damn sports show and shit like that, and be doing all these side quests and all of that stuff to make himself viable enough <laughs> to get brought back to ESPN to become the you know to become a sidekick to Skip to become the primary personality on that show to become the lead personality to become now the executive producer to that that's orchestrating the weekly schedule and all of these other you know all of this this crew and all of these players and all of that stuff. To, to, to not acknowledge that 30-year trajectory is just like, you're a dickhead. And, and, and it's insulting to the audience because it's basically telling the audience, I think you're stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get some bullshit off, and I think y'all are dumb enough to believe it. Right. Let's see how many of y'all run with it. Right. And luckily on this one, because it stinks so bad that the public is just like, we ain't going like we. I didn't see annoying ass Stephen A on my TV for the better part of twenty two years. Like you can't just call him a plant. Stephen A. Smith has almost become like, um, like Johnny Carson to the sports industry. He, he you have to see him, bro. Down. He filled in for Jimmy Kimmel for a week. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and I don't even try to see Stephen A. Smith, but I see him. He's omnipresent. Like, if you don't see him for two to three days, it's like, now what's going on? Did Stephen A. Smith die? Like, what happened? Where's he been at? Because you see, it don't matter if you cut on UFC, basketball, college basketball, football, boxing. It, dog, when he walked out at that fucking boxing, John, I was like, all right, man. <laughs> Remember he had the turtleneck yeah. with the chain? I said, all right. Yeah, man. the turtleneck and the jacket was the same color. The other day they cut on the joint with, uh, uh, fuck, what was I watching? I was like, damn, you see the nigga on this? Um, what the fuck was I watching? Oh, Washington and Michigan in the national championship. They cut to the joint. He in the box with Jordan and Derek Jeter. I'm just like, oh, you can't miss Stephen A. Smith, dog. He's just around. And the problem that I have with the plant shit is you can do that to anybody. Like, if you want to try to diminish somebody's career, you could just point at somebody and be like, yeah, because if you leave out enough context and enough vital details, you can make the argument that anybody's a fucking plant Mm -hmm. that's mega successful. If you just decide to skip the work. No, let me just leave out nine years. Yeah, Yeah. let me leave that out. Nigga just showed up one day, and he was the biggest thing on ESPN. How did that work? Because Jason Whitlock is so scorned from the fact that he napalmed all of these bridges in sports entertainment where he's on the blaze now. You're not even on a goddamn sports show. Oh. You're a sports columnist. you on the goddamn blaze with Tommy Lauren and yeah. whoever the hell else. Like, you're just doing anything yeah. to try to yeah. keep a check going. Yeah. He, he begged Dan Le- <laughs> He begged Dan Lebatard to call John Skipper from ESPN to get him to get him an interview. He gets a job, and then four months later, he's fired because you you are the problem. If everything in your life is bad, you're the number one constant in it. 
Everybody ain't you're the hating. Common denominator. You're the common denominator. Everybody mm-hmm. ain't hating on you. People, everybody ain't got it out for you. Like it's not some hidden agenda. People trying no. to hate on you. Like no, you are the constant. You that, a fuck up. That, but that's another level of self awareness. We don't preach self awareness at all. No. Let alone having like top tier self awareness to understand that when something goes left, you're probably the issue. Like not trying to be funny. If you walk into your job and your job like, yeah, let me see you in here. Yeah, we're gonna let you go today because of XYZ, that's not a moment for you to be like, Oh, they hating on the kids. <laughs> right. Like it don't it don't work like that. That nigga Steve be still in toilet paper too. And I, I kind of like realized that with me being at SEPTA, you know, for all the nonsense when I left SEPTA, I wasn't even on the first level of discipline. Think about that. Oh, shit. Like, think about how ridiculous <laughs> of a Because per- I, I got the email the other day that was like, if I wanted to come back, I could. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought about four quick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> pull, pull the jersey down out, out of the Raptors because they need people so bad. Yeah. That they like, have you have, have you given any thought to uh, unresigning? And I'm just like, let me come to the table. Come to the, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm coming to, what's top rate now? 38, 35. I come in and be like, yeah, so they brought me back at 48. You know, they had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> right. But- the point I'm making is, for all of my nonsense, I wasn't even at the first level of discipline. So it's like, when you get into a situation where you're getting let go, especially in a situation like that where you're an entity, where when you get into nonsense, they will straight hide you. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods straight Nike hit him when all of that shit was going on. No. Like, I don't know if motherfuckers really remember, Tiger Woods went through a crazy personal life situation, and so did Kobe Bryant. Nike didn't drop neither of them. Nope. They hit him. We're going to put you on the back burner. We're going to highlight Serena and motherfucking, you know, Kyrie Irving and LeBron and shit while that's going on. But then, you know, a couple years from now, boom, Kobe system and TW golf apparel line. Back kick, back cooking. Tiger wins another Masters. Kobe win more chips. Everything good. Get that goddamn shot of the damn ball rolling in at the Masters. Like, we're going to hide you. So in a situation where you're an entity and they like, yeah, you can get your shit now. Yeah, yeah, you can (laughs) go. There's actually a car running for you right now. But I drove. Well, even better. Listen. And 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 people don't understand when it's that it's you, one hundred percent. Think about it. Yeah. Draymond Green not fired. John Morant not Duh. fired. John Dr- Draymond Green is crazy as fuck. That nigga say, yeah, you know, I I did a lot of soul searching. I actually thought about retiring. So you would rather retire than stop beating yeah, niggas up on the basketball yeah. court. I don't, I I don't know what I can do because this I, this is too much. <laughs> I can't all these rules. Can't choke Yo. niggas. I can't punch niggas. What I'm supposed to do with a nigga trying to lay the ball up? (laughs) So he's just supposed to just get two points. He's supposed to just get two points. That's what you're telling me? This is crazy. (laughs) Adam Silver said, man, you don't shut your dumb ass up. Like, fucking my plus minus all up. So 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 if, I'm, so if I'm reading this right, I can't step on niggas' ribs. Yo, I can't elbow drop. Somebody niggas. made a video. You ever see the joint where he was playing the Rockets where he got knocked down and he went running down the court to go hit the ball and yeah. knock you down? Somebody added like sound to it. And when Draymond got knocked down, he's like, oh, ah, and then he gets up. He's ah, like running down the court. Draymond think this shit is Tekken. Like. <laughs> It's literally five <laughs> seconds of dream I'm running out of court with the voiceover like <laughs> running into I'm like, yo man, what the fuck? But yeah, Draymond didn't get fired. AI didn't get fired when he was at the height of his nonsense. Yeah. Like you you gotta like really, really draw to get sent the fuck out of here. AI cleared the room out. AI Duh. The fuck got a problem the fuck going on in here? That's reality. So it's like, yeah, when, when shit goes left for you and you're you're shunned by the like getting shunned by Hollywood is like, how crazy of a nigga are yeah. you? 
Yeah, no, that nigga too crazy. We can't let him back you in. See, they uh, told Jonathan Majors he can't play Dennis Rodman. D- d- how? <laughs> how? Think about it. How? Or, how? How? Or, you know, you punch a bitch. You could never. You what he say? You punch a bitch in the head and give her a head back. Like you hit a bitch in the head and had the bitch chasing you down the street. All this crazy shit. You're the perfect candidate yes. to play Dennis Rodman. They said no. Nah, and the man. Dennis Rodman people is like, nah, we need. It ain't gonna work, big yeah, dog. Yeah, nah, we need somebody a little bit, a little bit more toned down. <laughs> You know what I mean? This shit crazy, dog. So it's like, yeah, man. End of the day, the the plant thing, I'm not good with. I, it's, I, it's a nasty sentiment. I don't like it. Um, we're we're and the, and the, the sickening, the most sickening part of it all is, it's black people doing it to black people. Mm-hmm. Like we're just dem, just diminishing hard black work that has gone on. Where a lot of these people, let's keep it real, are breaking barriers. They're introducing new ground. They're reaching new heights that a lot of people never for for all of Eddie Murphy and their success. Eddie Murphy was never at the point where Kevin Hart is covering every motherfucking thing. Like Kevin Hart at this juncture is probably like in the moment. I'm not saying he's the best, but as far as the biggest and doing the most with it, as far as his different media production companies and shit. I, Kevin Hart is like number one in that stand up. Oh, shit. for sure. Like it's just unfucking believable. Because Dave Chappelle is just starting down that path of like, all right, I'm fully established. Right. Let me start using my star to brighten other people where he did the Earthquake special on Netflix. He mm. did the, the he did the Lunell special on Netflix to where it's like now he's starting to produce and expand his reach and all of that. But Kev already got a 10 year head start on that. Kev has a fucking deal with Nike. Got a deal with AP. This motherfucker does children's movies. He does scary movies now. He does thrillers. Does, uh, does voiceovers. He does comedies, voiceovers. It's just, it's, it's nuts, dog. His heart reproduction. He does television shows, Netflix movies, Netflix specials. He has the plastic cup Got a deal you know? at Peacock also. Dog, he, he got the ESPN deal he now. He put on Lil Rel. Like, it's just, it's, it's, Kev has done too much. Yeah. So to see all of that and know where it started, like know the origin of it, yeah. that the plant shit. Which is, was the Community College of Philadelphia lunchroom is mm-hmm. the origin of all of that shit. Yeah, straight up. So it's like if Kevin Hart ain't funny, I want to be that kind of not funny. I, I want to be that kind of not funny that come with $850 million. Yeah, straight Sign up. Sign me up for that. I need that. Straight up, man. Y'all, y'all got y'all to gotta stop the nonsense. That shit has to end. Uh... Changing gears a little bit. I read something yesterday. I'm going to throw it out to you. I know you probably didn't see it. There's a report that basically came out about sports betting, and it's in the first five years of it becoming what it's become now. Okay. Where sports betting had been here, but it was ran in a lot of states. It's still ran by the lottery. And me and my homie were like, what has been the greatest comeback? I'm going to ask you. What's been the greatest comeback? Lottery or big tobacco? Big tobacco going from cigarettes to now hookah and vaping or the state lottery going from the big three, big four, Powerball, Mega Millions to having their hooks into modern day sports betting. Mm, shit. It's a hard, that's a, that's a hard joint, but they came back like a motherfucker. Both of them did. You remember when we was young boys, if you was playing the lottery, you was like a weird old head. Yeah. Now all your tickets say state lottery yeah. on the back when you put them in. You buy hookah, tobacco, shisha, whatever. You flip that motherfucker. That should say Al Fokker on the front. You flip the shit around Winston-Salem, yo. North Carolina. I'm like, yo, these with these things. Dog. You think this shit getting important. Yeah. Oh, this is right they down the street. scooping the tobacco out of the cigarette <laughs> <laughs> putting it into the 
fucking hookah. Oh, we put some cherry on it there and smoke it. You know what I'm saying? The cigarette shit is over with. I seen motherfucker was like, man, cigarettes will kill you. And it's like, you know smoking shisha is called shisha. You know smoking shisha will is 50 times worse than a cigarette. Yeah, but I'm- If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. I'm saying Vanilla and Love 66, <laughs> man. It hit different. <laughs> I'm like, it yeah. do hit different. It do hit different. <laughs> I give you that. So what do you think? Sports betting or or big tobacco? Uh, well, state lottery or big tobacco? State. The the because of you look at you, you you look at the moves around a certain industry and that tells you everything you need to know. When owners of teams are selling their teams to get involved with the betting side, that tells you how much money is involved in that industry. Mm-hmm. Michael Rubin, and we chronicled this on Patreon, Michael Rubin sold his ten percent share of Harris Blister Sports Entertainment in order to Further expand Fanatics, which was already um, projected to be a $57 billion company. And he just recently acquired Sports Bet, uh, Points Bet or whatever, um, which is backed by one of the casinos in Central PA, I believe. Yeah. Um, he acquired that. So now that's Fanatics Sports Book or whatever, powered by Points Bet. Um, and <laughs> y'all are about to see over the next 10 years. Because it's like six partners in Fanatics. I think it's Michael Rubin, Jay-Z, uh, Meek Mill, Lil Baby, and like two mm-hmm. other people or whatever like that. Meek Mill is about to be potentially a billionaire. Remember how Jay was shit. talking at the beginning of Foot of Fam? That's what it's going yes. to be. Yeah, that's how the shit's going to be. And Jay also has his hands in the development of that Times Square. Jay's trying to get a fucking ca- casino, casino in, Times, in Square. Times Square. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> Nigga. And with this deal going the way that I yeah. think it's about to go, they're going to have yeah. more than enough we, we money to, to go, do it. We about to go play blackjack in the guru high limit room. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. That shit's going to be nuts. So with all of that being said, sports betting and lottery, bar none, has taken over earth where literal, like my little cousins that was, at the time, during the pandemic, 15, 16, 17, was, was placing poppy bets and all of that shit was dog, slips. Dog. So I, I further reading you the You get report. a bacon, egg, and cheese and motherfucking give me uh, the Packers um, yeah. money line. Yeah. And a school token. <laughs> yeah. a school token. <laughs> Hurry up, pop. <laughs> Young niggas burnt the fuck out. Dog. When my homie was like, yo, man. And and he sports bet. Like, this is what he does. Like, literally. He's like, I can remember going on dates back in the day and telling a young woman, like, oh, yeah, you know, I handicap NBA games. I handicap NFL games. They would look at you like you were a fucking weirdo. Or pawn scum. Like, what? <laughs> you be, like, gambling? Ugh, you hang out in casinos? Like, what? He's like, you tell people that shit now, it's almost like, oh, you're the oracle. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I met you, nigga. <laughs> right. How I've been this spoon? Oh, you, I've been looking for you. <laughs> I ain't even know I was yo, looking for you, but I yo, was. Yo, straight up. To the, I, I literally, I, I stopped posting. I, this week, I've been on a nice look. I, yeah. I stopped posting, Jones, just because it's like, every time you post it, you get six to seven people. Like, bro, why you don't, 
What's going on? You got to holler at me before. And it's just like, no, I don't. No, I do not. No, I do not. I got a system. It's a little tight system. Yo. I'm running it. So, I, further the article, it said that 53 million Americans right now are using some form of tobacco product. So, basically, one in six mm-hmm. Americans. It said that this year alone, 73.5 million Americans will play some form of sports bet. And I was like, wait, what? Like, huh? So, a, a fourth. A fourth of the country. Yeah. So when you when you get rid of the people that aren't even old enough to bet, when you just focus on the legal age of people that are allowed to fucking, you know, to bet, which, you know, like I said, young niggas is still getting their bets off or whatever yeah. the case may be. But it's like it might be closer to half. Oh, everybody. My dad called me one day. My dad, 75. <laughs> you know, what you think about the... Uh, the uh the the nets and the bullets over the bullets what what Washington what you call them the Wizards how you, how you think about you know, West Unsell for uh, twenty eight points uh, I'm looking at this ticket here uh, West Unsell twenty and twenty yeah. how you feeling about that tonight yeah. I'm looking at the Baltimore Colts versus the uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers under it's like man they left in the middle of the night twenty seven years. Oh, they ain't in Baltimore no more? Okay, well, how we feel about it? Like, seriously, everybody, young girls, old women, women, young kids, oh, it's insane. So I further read an article more. Since 2018, since 2018, mm-hmm. the article was written in December of 23, five years, $280 billion has been wagered. Through sports books in the last five years. Two hundred and eighty billion. Damn near sixty ball a year. Billion. They <laughs> said that this year it was gonna be the first time where a hundred billion actually gets happened in the first in, in the year. So we we've already we're 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 two X in the numbers we was doing three, four years right. ago. Well, because you know that, you know, in times of despair, people double down on Anything that no, they feel it, can create funny. some sort of article. economic talking prosperity. talking how the human mind works. The human mind will say, oh, I have a, a deadline to pay a bill that's $600, and I have $200. The human mind doesn't say, let me call my creditor and make an agreement to pay this $200, and then in three weeks pay the other $400. Yeah. The human mind says, well, if I put this $200 on the Ravens, <laughs> right. that's four. <laughs> right. Then maybe I take a little bit of that under. Man, I, I could pay that shit off and get some shoes. Yep. That's the way. And it go works. to Bennigan's. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way you said Bennigan's. Like, but yeah, that's the way the human mind works. So you got people who are essentially turning the lottery into a necessity. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work because you don't hit yeah, the lottery. Yeah, my man said to me the other day, he was talking about some shit he had. He was like, yeah, I just need to hit the lottery again. I'm like, nigga, you just hit the lottery. Like, <laughs> you just hit the lottery. Yeah, 75 I, big ones. Yeah, 7,500. Yeah, yeah, I need to hit the lottery again. again. It's crazy. But how you going? <laughs> how, how, how do you, like, who do you talk to to make sure that you hit the lottery Yo, again? Like, it don't work like that. Yo, man. It's, it's, it's literally gotten to the point now where I'm watching television, right? I'm watching Sports Center the other day, and I meant to actually talk to y'all about this. I was watching Sports Center, and every highlight that they're showing you now, they give it to you from the view of like 
Sports bet. Every single one. So it comes on and it's like Pelicans taking on the Trailblazers tonight. Pelicans are three-point favorites. They open up the game on a six-point run. If you bet at that moment when they go on a six-point run, you could actually get the Pelicans money line at even money. Let's go to the second quarter. I'm just like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, you know why, nigga? Did CJ McCollum score <laughs> or not? They didn't say shit about the you, players. You know why, nigga? ESPN bet. That's ESPN why, motherfucker. Dog, every single thing now is when you see the 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 after the score they tell you the game and it'd be like pelicans 104 trailblazers 92 and it'd be like pelicans are 12 and 14 and the trailblazers are 13 and 11 and then it'll say uh one and seven ats against the spread mm-hmm. over the last it's just be like how is that the first <laughs> bit of stat information before uh cj mccollum or anybody <laughs> pointing to that's all that mm. fucking matters now. The national championship, all they kept talking about was the line movement and what happened with this and is under the right, to the point now where Charles Barkley and Shaq and them pregame are giving out their parlays every broadcast they do now. Yeah. And I'm like, we're getting to the point where it's getting scary because this money, like, I have to assume that people are fucking themselves up with this shit. Oh, for sure. You know, because people lose their shirts in the casino uh-huh. and in the gambling house. Yeah, 1-800-GAMBLER. So if, if people go into debt or whatever, what they call it, gambling addiction in a casino, in the fucking in this gambling house in the hood or on the corner, I have to assume that sports betting works the same fucking way. Oh, for sure. So it's like, I don't know if all of this shit is even good. At this point, for us, like as a people, I mean, I just think that um, you know, just with myself in mind, I don't sports bet with any regularity because I can't handle the ebbs and flows. I have a very addictive personality. I fucking meet a chick, I like her, we hang out, we fuck. The pussy's good. I want to fuck you every day. Mm-hmm. Like I have a very addictive personality. So with that in mind, it's like, yo, if I'm fucking betting and if I'm winning. I'm hammering my bets. If I'm losing, I'm extra hammering my bets trying to fucking get back because it's like, why would y'all take my money? Why would you treat me like this? So think about it. When I extrapolate it out and think about other people, it's like, yeah, a lot of y'all aren't equipped to handle this shit, but y'all are doing it because y'all are looking at the potential of the money turnover. But it's like, well, what about when you go three weeks or four weeks or eight weeks and you just, you just dead out here you like, know, and, and I, the I, money I, don't I, turn over. I'm going to just say this and just whatever. It go where it go. Me and my homies who, like, bet on sports. And they, you know, Rod do it, Zach do it, my man Ronnie do it. Like, I got people I'm around who really do. We're in talks with people in Vegas who are making lines and shit. When, when we see people post shit online and be like, I need to hit a ticket or I need to hit a parlor, I, we be like, it's almost cringeworthy. That brother's starving. Yeah, man. <laughs> that brother's starving because... That's not normal. Like, I'll be honest with you. When I get on my joint where I'm on a run, like, I could, I'll have a week where I might hit six two-teamers. Yeah. I might hit four, five, three-teamers. But I'm rarely ever going above that unless I'm playing with their money. Right. Like, I play with their money. Yeah, I'll get creative and start putting out wild shit. The joint I showed y'all the other night, I hit it. But it's like, I, that, I got a space to act a little bit of exactly. a fool. So... One of my homies, he he listened to the show. He like, what do you suggest for anybody sports bet? And I'm like, first off, don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's, just don't. It's a horrible habit. Because do it. It, y'all view it as the lottery. There's no real skill that goes into the lottery. 
You go there and you play the numbers you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me uh, my mama address, 4327. Give me my first license plate. That yeah. was on a yeah. fucking Camaro. 80, 86, that was on an IROC. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So sports betting doesn't work like that. Nah, there, are, there, are, there are betting trends. There are different matchups, key matchups. There are different things. Does this team play well on the road? Is this team coming off of a back-to-back? Does this guy coming back? Is this, is this a high-volume usage player who's coming back off an of injury for the first mm-hmm. game? All these different little things matter. Like I told you the other day with that Bucks pacer shit, I'm like, this game is blatantly going over. Right. Yeah, blatantly. <laughs> yeah. Last night, I told all of them, the Rockets and the Celtics, the, the over-under was 227, and I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, think about it. Again, This me talking to my homie, I'm like, yo, Rocket Celtics over, take that. He like, I don't know, bro. I'm like, it's at 227, take it. He like, you you think the Rockets good for like 110, 111 points? Because the Celtics just played, they had the, the overnight game the other night. And he's telling me all this shit. I'm just sitting there looking at him. He like, what? I'm like, why do you think the Rockets playing in Boston is a big deal? And he just couldn't figure it out. And I'm like... Ume's first game back in Boston right. is tonight. I'm telling you, it's going over. Celtics scored 145 points. <laughs> the Celtics damn near hit the over. <laughs> right. The over was 227. Final score of the game was they finished with 259. Yeah, that's crazy. They were 32 fucking points Above, over. The, yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, that right there was like, somebody would put a parlay in and be like, oh, Rockets on the Give me the under. Not even realizing the significance of this game. Exactly. It's Ume's first game back in Boston. You know Boston is coming to fucking play in this yeah. jump. Guns blazing. Guns the fuck blazing. The other night, the Thunder, me and Rob, the, when the line was uh 13 against the, was it, the Blazers, whoever they, remember the, the ship, they was up 60, Six, doesn't it? They, they was up 62, they won by 62. And, and Rob was like, yo, he's like, I can't figure out why the fuck this line is. He's like, yo, this line dead ass need to be closer to like 25. But it's like, you can't really do that in the NBA. Yeah. Rob like, the Thunder is the blatant pick tonight. <laughs> I looked and saw they was up 44. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, but I was telling my homie, this is what works for me and, and everybody I know who does this shit. Y'all put these 10 and 12 and 14 leg parlays in and it just be like, for what? Because, you know, niggas do this shit for $5, mm-hmm. hoping that they can hit it for 300 and then be like, yeah. And then they always got to come online and be like, man, I missed it by two, y'all. Y'all believe this? It'd be like, oh, I, I believe it. We, we, we don't need this. <laughs> I told my man, I'm like, listen, if you're going to put a 12 leg parlay in, right, do you feel good about it? Like, in all actuality, do there's you, no way to feel good about it. Do you it. put that in feeling like you're going to hit that? No. You And that, that's where I'd be like, and you got 84 cent on it. Leave <laughs> us alone. Leave everybody alone. <laughs> Why are you posting this? But that's how the sports books make money. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get to that next. Yeah, those little goofy-ass bets. It, it, you ever watch uh, Hoodlum? Mm-hmm. Remember uh, Nigga Pennies with Dutch Schultz? Yeah. yeah, like that shit makes a difference. You can become filthy rich. Yeah, with microtransactions. Microtransactions. That's all it is. If you get, think about it. Let's just break it down to simple math. If you get a million people to bet a dollar on a parlay, you bring in a million dollars. Yep. If out of that million people, 3,000 of them win, they parlay with a dollar on it, that's going to pay them back $262. Right. You take in a million, you pay out 38 grand and fucking payouts. <laughs> 962 to the good. To the good. I'm telling you. That's how the fuck. That's the reason why Mike Rubin said, yeah, enough of the Sixers. Yeah, shit. this is this is <laughs> just Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba da ba ba ba. 
junk. This is junk. <laughs> I'm going over here. But I was being my. This is it. You find one game that you like. Yes. That's it. We said this a million times on the show. You find one. It's it's at this point. It's nine hundred thousand things to bet on a day. every night <laughs> because you can bet on. Did you see now? This guy is so ridiculous. I don't know if you've seen this shit, Dan. NBA games now, you can bet on if the final score is going to be even or odd. I seen that shit the other day. Degeneracy. <laughs> My homie was like, odds, nigga. Fuck it. Like, you can bet on anything. You find the over under. You find the other night. Uh, uh, What's his name sat down the other night? Jason Tatum, when he didn't play in the game against the Pacers. My homie was like, I'm going to just take Jalen Brown over. Jalen Brown scored 33. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, you can find anything to bet on. You take yourself, even if you want to start with 50 bucks, take the whole $50, find one game, bet it on that. You hit it. You Take your fifty dollars back. Now you're put playing it in your bank with account. House money. You have no. You have no risk. Yeah. Your return. What are, the ROI is a hundred fucking percent. Yeah. You bet fifty dollars. You won fifty dollars. Now that's their money. Now if you want to put a parlay in or do whatever the fuck you want to do, cool. It's costing you nothing. Yeah. But motherfuckers will sit there and literally five dollar, eight dollar, three dollar, twelve dollar, nine dollar, twenty five cent, thirty eight cent, two dollar, three dollar, four dollar. Look up at the end of the week and it'd be like you down. 75 bucks just from doing these weird ass parlays you was never going to fucking hit. Yep. Where you could be up right now. You could bet $50, win that, bet that whole hundred back. We was talking about laddering the other day. Rod literally showed us a joint last year. He started with 1500 bet the whole 1500 on one game, hit it. It was at 5400 He bet the 5400 hit that. He was at 11 9 He bet the 11 9 on the game, hit it. Was at 25000 Three games. That's it. Yeah. Three games, I'm up 25 racks. You can do this shit effortlessly, but you have to find the game. You know what that takes? Sitting down and figuring out the best ROI possible. Yep. But because no one wants to do that, and like that whole shit we talked about before the show, everybody just wants your success. Are you good at something? Show me how to do it so I can yep. get some money. It don't work like yeah, that. Your success is transferable to me. No. It's like, no. It goes against everything that we know about life. Something I think you said it. You get out of you get out of everything what you put, put into everything. Absolutely. If you're not going to put any effort into this, you can't expect effort. Yeah, to you come put ten percent in your business, you're going to get ten percent back, nigga. And it's like I, you know, for whatever it's worth, I just understand that on like a visceral level. I understand that it's like, yo, I understand sports better than most people. I understand the way these lines look. I understand when a line don't make sense. The other day, Washington and Atlanta. They just played two weeks ago. They didn't score. They didn't crack 240. They played in February. I mean, in uh, November. They didn't crack 240. Why is the over under at 249? Yeah. Give me the under. Final score of the game, they com combined, it was at 226. They didn't even come close to 249. Yeah. So it's like figuring out the right game to be on. And the right. Remember, we told you, you didn't, you, Rob was like, take the fucking Timberwolves tonight. Yeah. Like, don't ask. Just that's what it is. Yeah, like, it is what it is. Just take it. Right, you know, and, and I think that we've kind of gotten so carried away now because everybody is looking for some money. Yeah. And because everybody's looking for some money, nobody's really passionate about what they're looking for oh, money hell in. No. They're just trying to get some money. So that's how you got idiots out here selling you picks. What the fuck? I can't believe people are doing that. Yo, that shit we talked about yesterday was just like, it I was beyond I me. cannot believe that people are like, sell me picks. Yeah. Like, what? 
This is insane. There's so much data around sports betting and handicapping and people giving out free information that's good-ass information. Rod gave out a whole list of people to follow right. on Twitter when he did the episode with us. Right. So if y'all are interested in sports betting, go back to that episode. Watch that episode in its entirety. He gave out the whole Everything. Whole Set it all The on. whole spiel. Who to follow? I started following all of this person. Da, 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 da. Rise in that whole, he's in a master class. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a, a different level or whatever as far as where he is now. But now you can literally listen to him yeah. and get picks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Rod. Rod got his own show. Got his own show. On the ringer, on Spotify. Every Tuesday. Straight up. He's coached by us. Yo, and he did the 100 during the end of the NFL <laughs> yes. season. I mean, the end NBA of the NBA season. season. Like, you, it, it's just gotten so carried away from where it was at. And that's where you get the casuals who are just jumping in. Like, I'll be honest with you, something I stopped doing years ago when I was like on my poker shit. You ever hear somebody walk in a casino and say some shit like, yeah, I got, I got 500 to lose. Get away from me. Yeah, Because sure. I don't got 500 to lose. Bad juju. Yeah, my energy is I'm coming in to make X, Y, and Z, and then I'm out. Because when you look at this shit like a, like a job, that's where you understand the lottery aspect goes out the window. Think about when you go to work and anybody listening, you go to work Monday through Friday, you're not coming into your job looking at it like, oh, I'm about to hit them today for X, Y, and <laughs> It don't work like that. No, you're going to come in here, you're going to do a set amount of hours for a set up, a set rate, and it and spits out a done. total amount, and you're done. If there's overtime, you make time and a half. But if think about it. If you walk into your job, right, and let's, let's just make it simple. You make $25 an hour, you work eight hours a day, so you make 250 base before any overtime or incentives or any of that. If you walk into your job and your job says, we're going to pay you for the day, you can go. What do you say? No, I'm going to stay, see if there's any <laughs> more paper in here. No, you out. So motherfuckers used to not understand for me where, my number when I was playing poker was 500 a day when I was playing 1-3 yeah. I would go into the casino with the attitude of I'm coming to make 500 once I hit that my day is done I would have nights where I would go in there I'll never forget it I went to parks literally the first hand I played that I played not the first hand at the table the first hand I mm-hmm. played I had pocket 10s flopped the set somebody got the money all in there I took the pot the pot was like 730 I got up from the table right. and my man couldn't understand it I'm like dog I'm off early for the night it's a rat. It's a because yeah, I could sit here and turn the seven thirty into sixteen hundred and turn that into twenty eight hundred, but that's not the way work go. Yeah. What happened today is the equivalent of me coming to work, them saying, "Oh man, we double booked so and so on your shift. You can go to, we'll pay you." Hey man, I'm going to the beach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I got a day off early, <laughs> but people don't look at the sports betting shit like an actual grind. Oh fuck no, they look at it like it's magic. You know but. what they call poker players? Grinders, because you grind the circuit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how you got to look at this sports shit. You can realistically go into the sports shit and make a couple hundred dollars every day. Yeah. Every day. You could crack them for a couple thousand every day. You could crack them for 60K today. It's not likely, but you could do it. But you know what's more likely? You coming in and catching a good number at betting at, per, I'll say it right now. I told niggas last night, the Heat and the Hornets over for tonight. Now, y'all will hear this probably. I don't know when this will come out, but this yeah. is the fourth twist today, the 14th, 15th. 14th, yeah. The Heat and the Hornets play tonight. The over-under started at 219. I said it. I like the over in this shit. It makes all the sense in the world. I went back and looked at a previous game. I'm like, the over makes sense. 
Last night before I got in the bed, the over was at 222. I woke up this morning, it was at 223. Before I came in here, it was at 225. Right. The number's constantly going up. Yeah. So if you bet that last night at 219, you got the best That's of That's super value in it. Now, is it guaranteed to hit? No, because none of this shit is a guarantee. But no. having it at 219 when the number is... Con- Let me look and see where it's at right now while we're talking. When you see these... Six or 227, something like that. When you see these numbers constantly going up and constantly rising, it's at 224 and a half. So it's like, yeah, you five points to the good on that line. Yeah. And it's like understanding the right time to bet, the right time to move, the right time to do anything. There's a time, what they say in poker, there's a time to hold them and a time to fold them. Yeah. That's reality. I got a poker drone for you real quick sure. before we wrap this segment up. Um, did you see the guy that turned down? He was in a tournament. He was in a cash tournament, $9.3 million or whatever on the line. They basically said, hey. It's 12 players in the tournament. The Do y'all want to just chop the... I got, a good, whatever, whatever. I got a good chop story. Do y'all want to chop? He was like, hell no. I'm the best cash player in the world. What the fuck am I chopping for? Like, we, we going to do all or nothing. He got eliminated, like, the next hand or some shit like that. I played in a tournament at Harris. This is when they used to do it. Harris, a lot of people don't know, used to be a WSOP room. So when they would have their, like, circuit joints, they would give the WSOP rings and shit like that. And I played in one of the satellite tournaments to go into it. And that tournament, I actually won. Like, I got the whole plaque and all mm-hmm. that shit from winning it. And we got down. It was four people left. And me, personally, all poker players got... You You understand the chop process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all poker players, for those that don't know, it's a thing where they call it, do you want to chop, right? So... If you play in a tournament, again, let's just make it simple. First place is a million. Second place is 500,000. Third place is 150,000. Fourth place is 75K. <laughs> They'll put all of that money together and just chop it equally. Yeah. Because we're not playing to the end. There are a lot of people who are always with the chop, no matter the chip position. Because somebody could have 80% of the chips, and now he don't want to chop. Me, personally, I don't give a fuck what my chip stack is. If the table brings it up, and y'all start talking about a chop and y'all want to do it, I'm in. Yeah. I t- I'm not bringing up the chop because I don't, I, I don't want to bring it up and then you be like, fuck no. And now I'm, it makes me gun for you right. personally. And I, I hate that shit because yeah. it actually happened to me. So I was playing in that circuit, the satellite tournament. We got down to four people. It was me. Shout out. <laughs> shout out to Richie. I don't know where Richie is at, white boy. He was cool as shit. It was me, Richie, this old head, like, Asian guy, and it was a black dude at the table. I never seen, I seen the Asian guy before, didn't know his name, but the black boy we had never seen. We got down to, like, four people. The chip stacks was pretty even. Like, everybody was pretty much even across yeah. the board. Richie was like, what are we doing, guys? It be four left, first place. First place was, like, 6,200 in the, in the satellite or whatever. He was like, yo, man, let's let's chop it up. Everybody gets to walk off for like 3K. And I go to say, yeah, I'm I'm with the chop. You right. know what I'm saying? Let's do it. Dog, the black ball straight was like, don't bring up a chop again. Oh, shit. That's what he said. He said, <laughs> don't bring up a chop again. And I was like, dog, it's even. Nobody's like clearly ahead of anybody. You don't want to chop it? He was like, I got nowhere to go and I got all day to get there. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh. oh, he's built different. <laughs> and, of course, the Asian guy gets put out of the tournament. Then Richie goes out. So it's just me and him. And we're heads up. Yeah. And when I tell you, I can show you the picture I got of the chip stack I had in that tournament. I, yeah. I'm talking about, it was like, it was like 85-15. Like, I literally, I had a mountain of chips in front of me. And I'm like... You don't want to chop it. Like, and I'm to the point where I'm like, I'll chop it even with you. Yeah. And he was just like, 
I said, don't ask me again. And now it's like, all right. You know, so, and I kind of court myself like going on tilt where I'm just jamming all in every hand just to either take the blinds or force him to go all in. And he wound up hitting me like three times in a row to where he wound up getting a little bit of a stack back. Yeah. And I wound up taking it down, but it was just, it made me play different as shit right. because I was so annoyed that he's he like, why aren't you complying? Like, so some poker players are just like that. Yeah. They like playing the shit way too much to where it ain't, again, this ain't a job. I'm trying to not go nowhere. Yeah. I got nothing to do or my wife is annoying. Oh, I hate my dog. I'm here. So motherfuckers be like, man, I'm here. I'm not going nowhere. Fuck that. I've seen, I'm telling you, I experienced that shit. Motherfucker would not chop the fucking hand. And I couldn't understand it. I was yeah. just like, bro, like, you you <laughs> literally have like 14,000 in chips. I got like 200 in this shit. Yeah. He was just like, fuck you, fuck no. I'm not into <laughs> this shit. Fuck you, fuck no. Fuck you, fuck no. I'm about to show this shit to you. Because I still got the picture from that shit. I remember showing it to my homie, and he was just like, all right, yeah, what the fuck? Where the fuck is it? I'm pretty sure it's in this goddamn folder. I can never find the shit when we uh when we're actually recording and shit. Yeah. Oh well, I'll find it later. But yeah, no, nah, people. Yeah, it was like uh, that. it was Sean Perry mm-hmm. was the guy. Uh, meet the gambler who refused to split 9.2 million circa Survivor prize. When the circus survivor field was whittled down to 13 contestants last week, 12 of them quickly agreed to a partial chop of the 9.2 million pot. The deal was each entry would get 400,000. They would continue to compete for the remaining 4 million. Not bad for a thousand dollar buy-in, but then the Grinch, or in this case, the entry with the alias golden boys stole Christmas. Sean Perry, a high stakes gambler and poker player who has almost 7 million in career live tournament earnings was the final contestant contacted about the chop. The 27 year old Las Vegas native replied on X that he was golden boy and had no interest in splitting the pot. I said, with all respect, I'm the best better in the world. There's no way I'm ever chopping. I wish you guys all the best. I'll see you at the finish line. The fast talking Perry told me in the interview this week, Perry did offer to chop if he got $2 million because he believes he has an advantage. Why would I chop when I have an edge? If you do four hundred k each and any money I take out of the prize pool is money I'm, in theory, losing because I have an edge. I believe I'm the best team left, and I'm confident in my ability. This is what I do. I'm a big-time crusher. I've been the biggest winner for in sports for a long time. To be honest, I've kind of taken a step away from the poker world and into sports because I've been crushing and making so much. Like, look at the chip lead I had at the table. <laughs> I literally had every chip in play. The nigga would not chop the yeah, shit. like, fuck you. <laughs> I remember posting that shit on my Snapchat. Like, yo, can y'all believe this motherfucker? Oh, he would not chop. He's like, fuck that, no. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. To the point where literally I wasn't even moving chips to the middle of the table. Every car that got dealt, I'm all in. Right. Like, I, I don't even care. I'm all in. Fuck it. Like, seriously. So, some people are just like that, man. But the the... The sports betting, bringing it like to to an end, if you're going to do it, it's almost like selling drugs. You have to be smart about this shit. Yes, you do. Like, yeah, you can't just be out there. And I see a lot of people that are just out there where they'll go. You could literally just tell them anything and they'll be like, a word, that's what everybody on bet. They don't even understand the public trends. You get that part of it. Yeah. Whereas like if the public on it heavy, yo, stay the fuck away from it. Stay away from it. The public was hammering uh, Washington for the fucking national championship. It was just like, yeah, no. 
<laughs> like, no. So, but yeah, no, I seen that shit the other day, and I'm just like, damn, 280 billion in five years? Like, God damn. And I'm like, that's why Mark Cuban said, all right, I'm out. Yeah, he said, that's man, why he said I'm, I'm like, building a Sands resort with a casino, and mm, we're going to have a buffet over there. <laughs> man, you come in. Steak tips. Have a good ass <laughs> Have a good ass time in here. You got anything else for this one? Nah, uh, I guess we're going to take a quick break and come back. Do what we want to do. All right, cool. We on the show. See y'all in a minute. Yeah, we out this bitch. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.